You believe he's coming soon? I mean, do you really believe he's coming soon? If you do, it'll change the way you live. I said it'll change the way you live. It'll change the way you walk. It'll change the way you talk. Amen. It'll change the way you worship. Hallelujah. Oh, he's coming. I said he's coming back. The question is, are you ready? Because the Bible says he's coming back for a church that hath made herself. Look at your neighbor and say, are you ready? Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Remain standing and I'll read a scripture in your hearing this morning. I'll let you be seated. Amen. Praise God. I want to go to Matthew chapter number 13 and verse number 44 through 46. As you're turning there, I give honor to the man of God, Pastor David Myers and his family. Amen. We are so blessed to have him as our pastor, the great leadership and the vision that he gives to our church. Amen. God is good to us. And him and his family and his lovely wife and kids, they're with him. And so let's pray that the Lord will keep them safe as they travel. They're in Africa. And I also give honor to Bishop and Dr. Myers today. Amen. We're so thankful for this church and the great leadership that we have in this church. Amen. And I am a proud to be a part of it. Amen. And I uh, feel privileged this morning to be able to share the word of God with you. Amen. In this great church. Hallelujah. This is the church of the living God. I said this is the church of the living God. It doesn't come with a sign out on the street or really the people that attend here, not necessarily, but what matters is what you're preaching from the Word of God, the Apostles' Doctrine. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44 through 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure. Everybody say treasure. Hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth. And for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he hath found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had, and he bought it. I want to pose a question to you this morning, to each and every one of us. Are you sold out? Are you sold out? You're the only one that can answer that question. If you are totally sold out for God. But let me just make this a claimer, if it is, that there's no other way, amen, to be ready for his soon coming than to be sold out. There's no middle ground. There's no half in, half out, or Sunday morning crowd type of mentality, amen. This is a sold out, hallelujah, religion that Jesus has for us. It's a treasure that he has given to us. And the question is, are you sold out? 
Amen. Turn to your neighbor and ask him that question, if you will, before you're seated. Ask him if they're sold out. Amen. We're all a little intrigued by treasures. Has anybody ever found a treasure? In your, you know, you read these things about people finding treasures in their attic. Anybody ever found anybody in here a millionaire because you found some treasure in your attic? If you have, I just became your new best friend or long lost relative. But I have a treasure. I know you can't see it. But it's a continental currency coin dated 1776. This is a treasure of mine. I found it. I figured I was trying to figure out when I found this from. But I found it when I was about eight years old on or around the railroad tracks. <laughs> and I say that because have you ever heard that public service announcement? Don't play on or around the railroad tracks. I get so aggravated when I hear that. Because that was my playground when I was growing up. When I was seven, eight, nine, ten, we played, we lived on the railroad tracks. We would put our coins on the railroad. Everybody, any, even an eight-year-old kid has sense enough to get off the track when the train's coming, right? But now they tell you kids not to play on or around the railroad tracks. Just stay focused on your iPads. <laughs> but we played on the railroad tracks. We fought the Germans on the railroad tracks. The train would bring in the cavalry, the backup, for us to protect our fort in our neighborhood against the Germans there. We lived on the railroad tracks. We literally almost did. We were like four houses from it. When it went by, it shook the pictures on the walls and everything else. But we had so much fun on the railroad tracks, we would dream of jumping on the railroad tracks and going to faraway places like Sandusky, Ohio, <laughs> where Cedar Point, a great amusement park, is. We had dreams and visions of that. Anyway, I digress. But anyway, I found this on or near the railroad tracks. And I looked it up. It resurfaced itself. Mom, I think you gave this to me about five years ago. You re it resurfaced itself in our family, and she gave it to me. Hadn't really done anything with it. But I looked it up in the Red Book, which is the book, United States book, for coins. All right? The catalog for coins. Anybody here coin collectors? Heard of the Red Book? gives you the, what the value of it was. And so I looked it up, and the value is between 50 and $150,000. If it's real. <laughs> That's the kicker. But I got so excited about that, and I told my wife, and she's the biz biggest skeptic <laughs> of all times. Does anybody live with a skeptic for a spouse? She does, she's got this philosophy that you got to work for everything in life. And there's no free lunches, and I don't know where she gets that from, you know. But I, 
I'm looking for the boat to come in. And, and I found it right here in this coin. And I'm thinking, even, doesn't it after 50 years become an antique? It's at least 50 years old just because that's how long ago it was I found it. But she's a skeptic on everything. I, I actually had a winning lottery ticket one time. Now, I don't play the lottery, and you shouldn't play the lottery. It's gambling. But I was listening to the radio station one time, and they had a trivia question on there. And I never call radio stations, and this has been probably 25 years ago in Illinois. And uh, so they asked this trivia question, and I decided to call in. It says, what's the longest run from scrimmage in a football game, in a professional football game? I just, I, for some reason, I just called the number. And I said, 99 yards. The guy, ah, they went crazy on the other end. That's right, that's right. You've won a lottery ticket. And I'm like, woohoo! I didn't buy it, so that'd be legal, right? <laughs> I won it. And they said, we're going to mail it to you. And I was so excited. I went home, told my wife, I said, I just won a lottery ticket. And it's got to be a God thing because I just answered the question off the top of my head. And I just put it out there. And she says, it's not going to be a winning number. <laughs> I actually forgot about it for a couple weeks. And I asked her, did we ever get that lottery ticket in the mail? And she says, yeah. And I said, did it have the winning numbers on it? And she says, yeah. Or no, it didn't have the winning lottery. I'm like, are you sure? Yeah, it didn't have. I doubt if she even checked it. <laughs> either, either that or she, I said, where is it? She says, I threw it out. It wasn't any good. And I'm thinking, I wonder if she's opened up any Swiss bank accounts lately. <laughs> I, that was a God thing to me. I've won all kinds of things. I've had keys to cars sent to me in the mail from local dealers. And she says, you're not going to do that. Throws it in the trash. Ed McMahon wrote me a personal letter one time, had his signature on it, said I won the publishing clearinghouse sweepstakes. <laughs> she put it right in the shredder. And I'm like, heaven only knows all the treasures that have slipped through my hands because of my wife. But this coin, I just got so excited about it. Well, my wife did some research. She hands me this paper. And it's like continental currency replica counterfeit. And I'm like, what did you Google? My husband has a fake coin. Would you please <laughs> confirm it? I just got the book value. Man, it's worth some money. And I'll sell it to you for $25,000 right here after service. Say anybody wants it. 50 to 100. And she points me to this thing. It's a whole article. All this stuff in here. The chances of having a genuine piece are essentially zero. <laughs> How could that be compared to the chances of having a counterfeit? You all were excited for me a little bit ago, weren't you? <laughs> but the main thing that makes this, you know, she says it's only got one R in currency. 
And so I did some research. There were actually real ones made with just the 1R version, which makes this more valuable. I'm still believing, folks. It says, if you really want to know and willing to invest a small fee, you can find. She says, we're not doing that. It's not worth anything. It's a fake. It's a replica. But how do you know? One of the things that it says in there, though, was what they call the patina. And that's the coating, the coloring on top of a piece of metal or corrosion. And this has a little bit of corrosion, just about two-thirds of it's corroded. It's just a little bit on there. But it says that's what makes it probably a counterfeit. And that patina comes from its exposure to the water and to the air. Now that got me excited when I saw that. Because it reminded me of a conversation that Jesus had with a man by the name of Nicodemus. In John chapter 3, he says, you've got to be born again of the water and of the spirit. Even if you look up that word spirit, it means current of air. So I ask you this morning, does your belief stand up to the water and the spirit test? This treasure that you've come upon, and we've all been exposed to this treasure, amen? We are here, you are blessed to be here today in this church because it preaches the word of God. It's a treasure, hallelujah. But you need to make sure that your belief lines up with the word of God, amen? That's our part. In Acts chapter 2, when they asked Peter what they needed to do, he said, repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift, hallelujah, of the Holy Ghost. So that's the word of God. How does your belief stand up to the word of the water and of the spirit? Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? That's the word. Have you been filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues? That's the Word. We need to make sure that our belief lines up with God's Word. Hallelujah. In today's world that we're living, everybody's trying to fit the Word of God into their life. How can this Word fit into my life? Denominations are changing centuries and years of their beliefs to accommodate the changing of society. But the Word of God is forever settled in heaven. It never changes. You better do more than just sit here on a Sunday morning and hear the preached Word. Amen. You got to dig for the treasure. You got to be sold out for this treasure. Amen. He said in Acts chapter 2, he says, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself from your, this untoward or this crooked generation. This brings me to the first point that I want to bring out about the treasure. The first thing is you have to acknowledge the treasure. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like unto the treasure hid in a field, 
the which when a man hath found, he's come upon it. Now in the first part, it said he came across it in a field, and perhaps we may think that he might have just stumbled upon it. Crossing the field, he came upon it. And the one with the pearl of great price, the Bible says that he, the merchant was seeking for this. And so whether or not you've happened to stumble upon it, or you're actually seeking for it, the fact remains is that we have to acknowledge the treasure when we come upon it. And I happen to believe it's twofold, that we do, sometimes we come upon it by maybe invitation of an individual. I can remember my invitation came from a cousin of mine and sitting across from me in a cafeteria and he began to tell me about the treasure that he had experienced at the Christian Apostolic Church, 23rd Street, Newark, Ohio. We went away from that conversation and I had within me a desire to have what he had. I began to search. I began to find out what this was all about. And so in the searching, but I think it happens in both ways. And I don't know whether you're here today by invitation. Somebody may have invited you. Maybe you just decided today you were going to stop by. But I want you to know, hallelujah, that God is trying to get your attention. We have to come to the place in our hearts and in our lives where we become aware, conscious of this great treasure. We need to realize that the Bible tells us that we cannot take this lightly. Hebrews tells us, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, least at any time we should let them slip. Romans tells us that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Jesus often in his preaching, he says, you know, you've got ears, but you don't hear. You got eyes, but you're not seeing. Ears to hear, but you're not hearing. He's saying you come across this great treasure. And the first thing that we have to do is we have to acknowledge it. Hallelujah. That yes, this is a treasure. We need to realize that there is nothing greater in this world than the word of God. Hallelujah. You're here today under the sound of my voice by invitation from almighty God. Hallelujah. Because we preach the unadulterated word of God without compromise, without fear, without favor. It is forever settled in heaven. It's the treasure. Hallelujah. That God has given to us and we need to seek after it with everything that we have. The question is, are we listening? God is speaking. It even talks about it. He speaks to us in his creation. Psalms chapter 19, verse 1 through 4 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no language, there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. 
Their line is gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. What this is saying that God is speaking to us even in his creation. Even without the word of God, we ought to be able to understand there's got to be a creator. Hallelujah. There's got to be, hallelujah, somebody that put this all into motion. Praise God. And he is worthy of our praises. He is worthy of our praises. We have been created, hallelujah, to worship God and to glorify the creator of this universe and our own souls. Amen. He is worthy of our praise. He speaks to us through creation. Time doesn't permit us to go through all the, the details and all the things that are in effect in just the creation of God. But they're mind-boggling. Search it out. It's a treasure to look into. Hallelujah. He speaks to us even in current events. All you have to do, folks, is look at the nation of Israel. And you realize that this word of God is as ancient as the days are, but it's as current as your morning newspaper. You look at the things that are going on in the world. Israel in itself, if you do, look, do the history on it, they became a nation again in 1948. They were scattered. They were done away with throughout all time, through the time coming up to that place where they were scattered and they lost their, their capital city, Jerusalem. And they were, they were not a nation any longer. But in 1948, because the word says they'll all come back to their homeland, hallelujah, they became a nation once again. No other time in history do we read of a nation that's been annihilated, that's come back to being a nation again, that's brought with them not only their own, their same religion, but their same language. Why is that? It's because God is trying to speak to us and to let us realize, hallelujah, that his word is true. And the promises of God are yea and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Revelation talks about a man that's going to be a world ruler. They call him the Antichrist. And it says that all the world shall see him. When you think about John the Revelator penning those words way back in the time of Christ some 2,000 years ago, he probably thought within himself, how could that be? But current events and the current situations that we live in make it very plain how all that could come to pass. With satellite systems and our iPhones that just about everybody has, even when you go into third world countries, there's usually th two things that they have going in those third world countries, a lottery and iPhones. Amen. And these iPhones are all over the world, and we can understand today how that could be possible that all the world will see this. Amen. The Bible talks about a one world government and we already know that's taking shape and form in the lives that we're seeing today. And everyone the Bible talks about is going to, there's going to be a day when everyone's going to be forced to take the mark of the beast, of this antichrist. They probably thought, how in the world could that be? It's very simple for us today to understand that. Amen. We already live in a cashless society, 
it would be very easy for them to implement, implement and they already are doing it. In the uh, Just put something there in your hand, uh, and that way it'd be your credit card information, everything, your life history and everything, and you don't have to carry around cash anymore. You don't have to carry around the credit cards anymore. We all can easily understand this. And what I'm just trying to say is that God is definitely speaking. The question is, are we listening? Are we acknowledging the treasure? We've got to be very careful that we don't get caught up with this society uh, that's going headlong into a devil's hell, amen, uh, and to realize that there's a treasure for us to latch on with it, and the only way that we're ever going to get a hold of it is if we are sold out to this. This is not a pastime. Uh, it's a passion. Hallelujah. This is not something that we do to occupy some time on a Sunday morning, but this is a lifestyle that we have chosen to be called Christians, Christ-like. Hallelujah. We need to understand that God is speaking, and one of the greatest things about this, he is so intent on making sure that we don't miss this, that God actually is searching for us. We think that we've found him, but God's not lost. He's there as big, as bold as ever. He's searching for each and every one of our hearts. He's searching for you this morning. It's the most important thing, and it's what's brought you here this morning is the call of God. Can we believe that? Can you believe that you're here this morning by invitation of God because he's trying to get a hold of each and every one of our hearts. Hallelujah. He's trying. He said, I'm, I'm doing everything I can. I've, I've put it in my creation and I'm giving you all the world events that are following after the prophecies of the word of God. And not only that, he said, but I'm, I'm going to put my grace, hallelujah, of salvation to appear, the Bible tells us, unto all men. Romans tells us that God hath dealt to every man, everybody say every man, the measure of faith. I'm under the belief that there are real, no real atheists that are in the world. God has put within every individual, the mind and the heart of every individual, a measure of faith, uh, that grain of mustard seed, if you will, that just nugget of treasure in the heart of each and every man. For the Bible says that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Hallelujah. God is trying to get a hold of us. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loved the world. Not just a particular group of people. Not just one nation. Hallelujah. But God loved the world. Hallelujah. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But the responsibility of this treasure... And this is what I'm trying to get into our hearts this morning. The responsibility of possessing this, this treasure is put upon us. It's laid out there. He's doing everything he can. But we have to recognize the treasure. He says you've got to be sold out to this. Hallelujah. He said whosoever believeth 
hallelujah, in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Folk, that's what the whole world's seeking after. They want to live longer. They want to be younger. They want to look younger. Hallelujah. And Jesus is saying, I've got it all. You're going to live forever. I'm going to give you a new body. How many like a new body? Amen. I'm going to give you a new body. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you a street of gold. Hallelujah. For you to walk upon. He said, I'm going to give it all to you. Eternal life that you can live forever. But you got to believe. There's stipulations that are put on believing. John chapter 7 tells us, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his innermost being, out of his belly, shall flow this river of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, hallelujah, which they that believe on him should receive, hallelujah. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. He said, if you believe on me, you're going to receive this Spirit of God, hallelujah. He says in Mark 16, if you believe on me, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. He said if you believe, you need to be baptized, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, because that's how they did it in the word of God. It's a treasure. Look unto it, hallelujah. Find out for yourself, hallelujah. You can even go to the history books and they'll tell you that the early church always baptized, the Encyclopedia Britannica says this, the early church always baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus or in the name Jesus Christ. The, the baptism in the titles, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit was a later development. Somewhere after 325 A.D., you can find that in the history books. Hallelujah. All you got to do is search for this treasure. Hallelujah. But there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And they'll tell us, you're Jesus only. No, we're Jesus everything. You got to be baptized in his name. You got to call on his name for salvation. Hallelujah. You got to pray in the name of Jesus. Why? Because it puts an identity on the God that we serve. Hallelujah. His name is Jesus. He was God robed in the flesh. God manifested in the flesh. The question is, are you sold out? That's the question. Do we just haphazardly acknowledge this? You have to first acknowledge that's the first step. The second step was you got to own the treasure. In both cases, when the man found it in the field and also when the guy found the pearl of great price, in both of those instances that we read at the beginning, the man went out and sold all. Everybody say all. All that he had. What he found changed him. It changed his lifestyle. What he laid hold on changed everything that seemed to be important to him at one time. Anything that was of importance to him all of a sudden became unimportant to what he had just found. And he went out and sold all. Now, I'm not saying that you have to go out and sell all your possessions. I'm not saying that you have to go out and disown all the acquaintances that you have out there. But I am saying this. You've got to put Jesus Christ first in your life. 
Hallelujah. There is no room for second place. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny. Everybody say deny himself. Take up the cross and follow me. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. Hallelujah. Jesus wants you to know that he's come to give life and that more abundantly. The best thing that we can do, and we fight it all the day, is all the, every day that we are awake. The best thing that we can do is to give our life totally and completely to Jesus Christ. He has the best plan. Hallelujah. Not only for this life, but in the life to come. Amen. He wants us to be blessed. He wants us to live and to thrive in his name so that we can be ambassadors for his name in this world. Hallelujah. He says, but we've got to lose this life. He says, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Think about it this morning. I'm trying to reach into an individual's life today that has not yet made a decision that says, I want to be totally sold out to this. I want to reiterate the fact that once again, it is not an option. There was a rich young ruler that came to Jesus, and the Bible says that he came running, and he kneeled down, and he asked Jesus, he said, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And that's a great question. It's what we all should be asking ourselves today. What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? You can read about it in Mark chapter 10. Jesus said unto him, you know the commandments. Don't commit adultery, don't kill, don't steal, don't bear false witness, defraud not, honor your father and mother. And the young man answered and said unto him, Master, all these things I have done from my youth. He was probably feeling pretty good about himself. This verse 21 is what I like. It says, Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. I want you to know that Jesus loves us. I want you to know that Jesus loves you. He is love, and he loves us. But I also want us to understand that he said, one thing you lack, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come, take up the cross, and follow me. He told him, he said, you know, this is what you got to do. And the Bible says that Jesus loved him, but in verse 22 it says, and the rich young ruler, the, the, he was sad at that saying, and he went away grieved, for he had great possessions. This is the point I want you to make. Even though Christ loved him, even though Jesus loved him, he didn't say, hey, wait, 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 let me change. Let me change what I just said. You don't have to give it all away. And that, the actual, the amount wasn't the issue, because in one place he did say, Go and sell half of your goods and give it to the poor. In this place, he's saying, go and sell all that you have. Because it was what those possessions had upon the heart of the individual. And I'm not talking necessarily about possessions. I'm talking about life in general. What power does it have, whether it's possession, a relationship, or whatever, a, a work environment, whatever it is, what power does it have over you 
as concerning your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus loved him, but he did not change his word for him. The word, I'll say it again, it's forever settled in heaven. He loves us. He's not willing that any should perish, but he doesn't grade on the curve. It is settled in heaven. We got to live for him. We got to out, sell out to him. The question is really within our hearts is do we want a reformation or do we want a transformation? Reformation simply means the act of making something right. A lot of times we come to God and we just want, you know, God, correct this situation for me. Make it right, you know. Help me, Lord, to, to uh, you know, be back to normal again. And Jesus, in his love and compassion, he does that. But really what he wants from us is a transformation. He said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformed means to have a change of nature. A change. Living for God, coming to Jesus Christ requires a change. He says a change in nature. It comes from the word metamorphosis, which we understand was in a science class or whatever it is, from going from a caterpillar to a butterfly. A change in nature. I want you to know that John tells us that he was in the world the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came to his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. I want you to know that God has made every provision for you to come upon this, this treasure. And not only with that, he's made every provision for us that we keep this treasure. You can Live for God. Hallelujah. You can overcome. Amen. The church, my friend, is predestinated. God's going to have a church. I said God's going to have a church. The question is, is are we going to be a part of the church? And only each and every one of us as individuals is going to be able to answer that question. And let me just go a little bit further and say the devil's end is predestinated. The devil, hallelujah, our enemy, has a predestinated conclusion to his life. Amen. We don't have to be afraid of him. He's going down. He's going down into the, into the lake of fire. Hallelujah. But the church of the living God is going up. Amen. And I want you to know that God has made every provision. You can live for him. You can overcome sin. Hallelujah. He's given you this spirit to live within you. He says we have this treasure, Christ in us, in this earthen vessel. Hallelujah. He says, but we have to choose. It's like Peter says, you've got to save yourself from this untoward or crooked generation. So the question is still taken to us this morning. Are you sold are you sold out? Let's all stand this morning. The Bible talks about ten lepers that came to Jesus. And the Bible said they stood afar off. Waved their hands and said, Jesus! Son of David! 
Have mercy on us. And Jesus saw them afar off, and the Bible says that he healed them. Go, show yourself to the priest. And they went, as they were going, one of them realized that he had been healed, and he ran back to worship Jesus. And Jesus looked at him, and he said, we're not ten cleansed. He said, where are the other nine? He said, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. A lot of times we just come to Jesus, we just want to be cleansed. We just want him to help us, to conform us to the things that you, you know, put us back to where we are right again. Just help me, oh God, to, to overcome this situation. But Jesus wants us to be made whole. The only way that we can be made whole is that we give our lives to him. That we come back, not just thanking him for a healing, not just thanking him for answering a prayer, restoring a relationship, and he loves to do all those things. But what he's looking for is somebody to come back and give him praise and give him worship and say, my Lord and my God, hallelujah, I want to walk with you. I want to live with you. I don't, I don't want to just take this haphazardly. I want to be sold out to this this morning. Are you sold out to Jesus I open these altars this morning. If you want to say, Lord, I want to be sold out to you, I invite you to come to this altar this morning. If you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want you to know there are people that will be up here today that will help you pray. It's a gift. The Holy Spirit's a gift. Hallelujah. Come on, don't tarry. If you have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you can get it this morning. It's here this morning. Hallelujah. If you've never been baptized, in Jesus' name, we've got a baptismal back here. We'll baptize you. There will be somebody that will baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Don't leave this place this morning without making sure that your relationship with Almighty God, hallelujah, is right. I invite you to come. There's more that need to come. Hallelujah. I said there's more that need to come. I want to be sold out to this. I just had a feeling this morning that somebody really needed to catch a hold of this fact that this is a treasure that I need to finally decide I'm going to be sold out to this. It's all or nothing. I'm not holding anything back. Amen. Can we come and worship the Lord this morning and say, Lord, I want to be sold out to you. God bless you this morning as you come. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. I have made my decision.